It is week four of the 2022 college football season. This is the We Hate Your Team podcast. I'm Kelly Ford, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Zach King. Kinger, how are we feeling this week? Doing great, man. Conference season beginning. I know we've had a couple games, but right now, week four, this is where everything starts to kick off. Intensity level is kicking it up another notch, ready for another great slate of games this week. You said it, King. This is the week where it feels like the majority of teams are getting into conference season if they haven't already. It's what we're all really excited to see. We have a great uh, lineup of games to pick today. But before we get to that, we have a special guest with us this week. I want to welcome him in. We have CFB Numbers. CFB Numbers, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on on this podcast, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely, CFB numbers. We are so excited to have you. As I posted on Twitter, uh, I've been a fan of your work for G's almost three years now. Basically, when I joined Twitter, uh, started following your account almost right away. Have loved putting out the, uh, seeing the stuff that you put out on a weekly and a daily basis. Uh, CFB numbers. If you wouldn't mind, just share a little bit with our listeners about yourself, about your work, and about what you're doing now, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. So. Um... So around, you know, the end of 2019, early 2020, like pre-pandemic, I was in a master's program uh, for sports analytics and management. And, you know, I was just kind of, I was just on the internet one day, kind of just, just looking around. And I, I stumbled upon uh, Ben Baldwin's NFL Fast R guide, which if you're not if, if you're not familiar, it's a um, it's an R package, which allows you to manipulate play-by-play data and things like that. But that was for the NFL. And, you know, I was always passionate about college football just because I went to Florida State University. I went to the games. Um, it was kind of towards the end of the Jimbo era. So, like, we were still good. So it was still, you know, <laughs> the atmosphere was still amazing. Um, and it ma- made me really fall in love with college football. Uh, so I started looking around for the college football equivalent of that. And at the time, it was something called CFB Scrap R, which it functions pretty, it functioned pretty much similar. You know, you could get play-by-play data, you could get recruiting data, um, and things like that. And, you know, I pretty much just downloaded R, which is the, the software to do, um, you know, statistical programming and stuff like that. And I just kind of started, you know, just kind of started asking myself questions like, oh, it'd be cool to look this up or it'd be cool to do this project or, you know, answer this question. And that kind of sort of just became my hobby. And it was something I just became so passionate about. Like, I was so excited to just, you know, dive into stuff and start, you know, figuring stuff out and just kind of looking at stuff and seeing what I could, could come up with. And um, I decided to start a Twitter and just kind of start posting graphs because, you know, the world needs as many scatterplot graphs <laughs> as possible. Um, so I just started posting and, you know, people started following, paying attention. And, it you know, it's it's just been such a blessing so far, you know, since posting, you know, I think it was like two or three years ago. And um, at the start of 2021, I decided to start my sub stack so I could, you know, write a little bit more and just kind of tell, you know, stories of college football through data and kind of just explain myself more and, you know, my process and, you know, kind of just get people more excited about like college football data and more just, you know, a different look at the game. And, you know, maybe you learn something, maybe, you know, 
something interests you, you know, that was just kind of why I wanted to start writing about it. And, you know, I've, I, it's been pretty successful. So, so far, um, I just hit 50,000 views, uh, I think a week ago. So I, you know, very excited about that. Um, that is a huge deal. CFP numbers. Congratulations. I saw when you posted you. that. That is thank incredible. And, and like you said, you started at geez, what just, just over a calendar year ago. So to already be there is just remarkable. Yeah, it's insane. And I mean, it's been picked up a lot. I know Andy Staples did a um, athletic piece on, um, I did a piece on Nebraska, their 20, what was it, 2021 season where they went three and nine, but like advanced numbers had it more as like an eight or nine win season, just absolutely, you know, chaos. Obviously that didn't work out with Scott Frost, but still, um, so that kind of blew it up a little bit. Um and you know it's just it's just been such a such a joy to be able to do and you know now my career you know i i pretty much owe my career to that and you know uh cfb fast star just the whole community there's the whole sports data community behind that you know i i get to you know do it for a living now so that's just that's just insane it's just it's something i think about literally every day just how you know blessed i am to do that that is incredible. Yes, I remember the article on Nebraska very well. CFB numbers. I remember uh, retweeting, quote tweeting, and commenting on that one because, as you as you said, basically anybody who has is is involved at all in the college football analytics space had something to say about the quote best three and nine team of all time, the best three win college football team of all time. It was insane. I mean, that whole season. Like, I will post if if. If you follow my Twitter, you'll see me post like advanced box scores and one of the stats on the advanced box score is post game win expectancy. And I just remember that entire season posting Nebraska losses and they were like 80% win expectancy, 70%. Like it just kept adding up. And in the back of my head, I'm like, man, there's got to be like something there. And then just kept digging and it just kept getting like, I guess worse for Nebraska fans, but it was just insane. Like, S&P had them high. I think S&P had them in the 30s. Um, the teams around them were like Michigan State, who went to a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, Pitt was there. It was, you know, it was insane. So, you know, it's just, you know, just diving into numbers and kind of just trying to find stories like that. And CFP numbers, you said you post these things on Twitter. Uh, remind everybody here, or tell everybody here before we get going, where can they find you on Twitter? Um, and then also, how can they subscribe to your Substack? Just let everybody know where they can find your work, because as we get going here and we hear your analysis of these picks, I'm sure people are going to want to be checking you out. So, so let everyone know where can they find you. Yeah, so my Twitter is just CFB numbers, and uh, my Substack is, I believe it's called CFB Numbers College Football Analytics Newsletter. I'm not very good with titles, so it's kind of just been that. If you Google college football analytics newsletter, I think it's one of the, it, it should be at, at the top near there. Um, it's a free sub stack. It's 100% free. You know, it's, it's, it, you just have to subscribe with your email and you'll get them through your email. Um, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. That is awesome. And Kinger, I'm going to come to you here if you have anything for CFB numbers right before you do. Just the one point. I know our listeners are tired of hearing about it, especially our guy Ian. Can't stand us talking about Nebraska. I just pulled up my 2021 final power ratings. Here's where I had Nebraska CFB numbers. Number 29 yep. at the end of the 2021 season. And they are around 3-9 and nine Nebraska. Again, these are power ratings, so we don't look at the win-loss record necessarily. But the couple spots above Nebraska, number 27, Kentucky went 10-3. and three. 28, Iowa went 10-4. and four. 
uh, number 30, right behind Nebraska, UCLA. They went 8-4. and four. I mean, you're looking at teams that won five, six, seven more games, but that's, like you said, the post-game win expectancy is what Bill Connolly puts out with SP+. My numbers, they all agreed. This is a top 30 Nebraska team that went 3-9. and nine. It continued into this year, too, CFB numbers. I mean, I, I put out... It was, on, on, on Wednesdays, I put out these what-if rankings where what if the score of every – or what if uh, the every one-possession overtime game had the opposite outcome. Nebraska would have been 3-0 uh, and o for the, through the first three weeks. They ended up being 1-2. and two. Scott Frost gets fired, of course. But it's it's crazy. Year it's, over year, it just seemed to happen in Nebraska. It's insane. I posted the Nebraska article right before the Northwestern game, and then, like, that game happened. Scott Frost <laughs> goes for an onside kick. Like, it – Oh, it was just crazy. Oh. It's it's just such a it's a cursed program right now. It's kind of it's just it's sad. Like I don't want to feel bad. Like I don't want to like pile on Cornhusker fans because it's just it's so sad. Yeah, I just want to say, I mean, CFB. I know you and I just recently introduced here through Kelly, but taking a look at some of your work, man, you you do great great work out there. The graphs and some of the unique statistics and kind of your out or your personal spin on it and how you put this data out to everybody. I love it. And for dumb guys like me who want to go on Twitter, want to follow guys like you and Kelly who post all this great content that we can find little tidbits of stats or information about our team or teams that we hate that we can bring to our college football friends to our group chats to make us look smart that's what you guys do. You guys provide a great service. It's awesome to have you on and look forward to following your work further down the line. Thank you, thank you. And I mean, that's that's honestly the goal of Substack. You know, I try every time if I build a model for something, I'll say, look, this is the model. This is the goal of it. This is what's going in. Like, this is the thought process just to try and get readers involved so they can kind of understand what's going on there. And, you know, that's just, that's kind of just been the goal of it. Yeah, definitely. I saw one of your, one of your, I guess, recurring graphs that you post weekly is, is your most fun teams in college football, right? That's yeah. pretty cool. That's a different oh, spin yeah, on it. Index. Everybody wants to see what, I, I don't know if you can share that information, but I know you said QB play, explosive plays. Is that kind of how you come up with those numbers? Yeah. So pretty much the fun index was me going, okay, these are the, these are the stats and or variables that I think like me personally are the most fun. So when I sit down to watch a college football game, like I want to see a good quarterback play. I love quarterbacks. I love elite quarterbacks. So QBR is in there. Um, explosive plays. I love seeing, you know, 60 oh, yeah. yard touchdown p- passes or long, long runs. So explosiveness is in there. Um, offensive efficiency, just EPA per play is in there. Um, on the defensive side, it's things like havoc rate. So like tackles for loss, like, a, you know, if a, if a run gets stuffed at the line of scrimmage, like that's exciting to me. That's yeah, awesome. Oh yeah. Especially if it's my team, you know, you're pounding your chest, screaming at your TV. <laughs> yep. Um, turnovers. Um, I, I do expected points added from turnovers. So pick sixes are rewarded a little bit more than other types of turnovers. Um, because you know, obviously, again, pick sixes. You're you're pounding your chest, you're screaming at your your uh, your TV, you know. So it's it's basically just things that I find exciting, and I mash them together in a composite. It's literally just all of the numbers scaled together so that they're on the same scale because things obviously have different scales like QPR, EPA, um, and then they're just combined and averaged together. That's literally it. That's the fun index. And the results have been pretty fun. Um, I know last year, Iowa was like, 
their defensive fund index was really high, but their offense was like one of the worst in the nation. So like when you put it on a scatter plot, they're just, you know, out on an island by themselves. So that, that was pretty fun. Yeah. I saw my boilers were like in the top 10 or 12 this week, just a couple spots behind Alabama. So I, you know, seeing yeah. that again, that's what I, Hey, I think the boilers are a fun team to watch. Last year too. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. We, we put together some explosive plays on the offensive side. We make a lot of mistakes. That's for sure. But that's also part of the fun and watching Purdue. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine the fun index is like that predictive, but it's more like descriptive and like, you know, if you look at the top 25, I think Caleb Williams and USC was number one. Tennessee's up there because their offense is what you run in Madden. Um, you know, it's just, it's, you know, you look at the top 25, you're like, yeah, these these teams are pretty fun. So. Definitely. Yeah, that's unique perspective, man. I love that. That's, that's good content for sure. <laughs> I think that is awesome. And CFB numbers, you've said it a couple times now. People have asked me, people post on, on Twitter, how can I get involved in the college football analytics space? Like, how can I get started? You mentioned you learned coding. Definitely a very important uh, step for many, many people. I think the other thing that you said, though, was what resonates the most. Just ask an interesting question. Whatever it is, yes. just ask yourself a question and then go do the work to answer it. It doesn't, like you said, it doesn't even necessarily need to be like a predictive answer. It doesn't have to necessarily be anything in particular. It's just whatever you're interested in, figure that out, ask that question, and then go do some research and what does the data tell you? You said that's why you started your Substack. You go into all of your uh, methodologies and, and you outline the, the, the process and procedures in those articles. The fun index, you just want to know, hey, I just like watching fun, quote, fun teams. What that what does that mean for me? Well, I like the explosive quarterback play. I like, uh, I, I like efficient teams. I like high scoring. So you put all that in. This is what comes out. Yeah, absolutely. And it's cool too, as you said, Florida State, for the first time since about the time you mentioned uh, when, you, when you really got into this space back at the end of the Jimbo Fisher air starting to look like a team that might be exciting and might be fun to watch see if your numbers I've got Florida State this week we're not picking their game this week I don't believe as I look through the lineup here no um but we've got Florida State number 32 in the predictive numbers and number five in my most deserving rankings there right we now. go so I did just, see the most deserving I was like yes let's go I love yeah, that yeah it's Florida State got things turned around a little quarterback bit right now plays drastically improved this year for the Seminoles it's making a big difference yeah, Jordan Travis has been one of the most improved quarterbacks just from when he started, like when he started at Louisville and transferred to Florida State. I mean, just, you know, he's always been a dynamic runner. I think everybody, you know, knows that. They know he can rip off a run, a, a large run. But like just in the passing game, his like completion percentage over expectation has just skyrocketed over the past couple years. He's throwing more accurate passes. I know at some point he was one of the more, I think he was like the most accurate, like deep ball thrower. I think that's since changed, but you know, just his passing game has evolved so much that it's, you know, he's become a legitimate top 25 quarterback in college football. That doesn't mean he's a draft prospect. I know some people started talking about him as a draft prospect. I think he's just a really good college quarterback. And I think we can just kind of leave it at that for now. Um, and it, it, it seems like, you know, he did get hurt um, in the Louisville game, but it seems like if he's held, I, he, he may return soon, either, you know, against Boston College this week or the following week. Um, but it is, it's, it's exciting that he's back because that just, you know, this was a team that needed to win seven or eight games or, you know, those outside talks of Norvell and everything would start to, you know, that, that, that seat would get hot and, you know, starting three and O and having 
you know, such a high probability of winning six games now. That's just such a such a comfort to have. And something, as a Florida State fan, I feel like I haven't been this excited about Florida State in, you know, a couple of years. You know, this is our first 3-0 and start since 2015. So, you know, that's pretty exciting. That's awesome. Well, no, we're so excited to have you on today, CFB Numbers. We appreciate the background, the context. If you haven't already, I'm sure the listeners have, make sure you go check him out at CFB Numbers on Twitter. Uh, that's where you can find all of his work as a starting point there, at least. You guys ready to pick some games? I'm, I'm ready. Let's, let's pick some this. games. All right, let's do it. First game we're going to look at, Kinger, you, you mentioned at the top, we've got a lot of conference games to talk about. Well, this one is definitely that. We've got Baylor going on the road to Iowa State. Kinger, let's just start with you on this one and share with everybody what's the biggest uh, info on this game. Iowa State is minus 2.5 at home. The over-under is sitting at 46. And I just want to say this is this is a tough one for me to evaluate. Teams have split the last meetings the last four years. Barely Baylor barely escaped a close one last year. I mean, I anticipate this being a, a pretty close game again. Uh, I just got to say I'm leaning towards the home team here. We know both defenses here are towards the top of the Big 12. I think Iowa State this year has proven to have maybe a little bit more solid defense than Baylor, but I don't want to discredit Baylor by any means. They still got some playmakers, and in the trenches, they're still very good. Both these QBs, Shappen, Hunter Deckers, I think they're very similar in regards to their play style. A lot of short, intermediate throws, high percentage. That's what you're trying to get out of these guys. The difference maker here and why I think I'm leaning Iowa State at home is is I like Iowa State's weapons specifically on the outside a little bit better. Xavier Hutchinson is, is arguably the best wide receiver in the Big 12 this year. I think they have a little bit more depth in their skill positions. Iowa State struggled a little bit running the ball. That's going to be big this week for me. I want to see Iowa State establish a little bit of a ground game. You don't want to put it all on Decker's shoulders. But I think Iowa State's defense is going to put some pressure on Shappen this week. I think they get them this year, so I'm taking Iowa State with two with two confidence points. CFB numbers, what do you think about this game? Baylor at Iowa State. Yeah, so that run game, uh, that's that's at least one of the mismatches that I found here. I um, I know it's early, so 2022 data, you know, it's still a little bit limited, but um, PFF has Baylor's run defense ranked eighth right now, and Iowa's run offense is ranked 109th right now. So it's going to be a struggle for Iowa State to run the ball. Um, They may try and establish a ground game, but it may just end up leading to Hunter Decker being put in situations that are less than ideal. Um, To me, and... On the other side, uh, Iowa State is 16th in the nation in EPA um, EPA per play on their uh, pass defense. So Shapin is going to have you know a little bit of trouble uh, passing the ball. So it's going to be a little bit of a struggle there. Uh, to me, I'm going to lean towards towards Dave Aranda and his defense. I think the run defense is just going to stuff um, Iowa State's run game, and it's just going to be too much for Decker. So I'm going to go Baylor. And I'm going to give them. I'm going to give them two confidence points. So I have to break the tie here, and I think our headline kinger after our first couple weeks of pickums, where we had so many uh, agreement picks, I think the headline here is right off the bat. You and I are going to disagree. So here, everything you said, I'm going to go with what CFB numbers said, though. That's where my numbers lean as well. Not to mention uh, the, the Dave Aranda effect. This is a matchup for me of two coaches I absolutely love. I mean, th- these are if I'm making a list of my favorite top five coaches in college football. When I mean favorite, it's just like guys that I would want to coach my program. 
Dave Aranda and Matt Campbell are both, I think, in the top five. If not the top five, they're definitely the top ten. Like these, are, these are just two really good coaches. I'm gonna love watching this game. My numbers do shade towards Baylor, so I am gonna take the Bears. Understanding that Iowa State is the favorite here, um, I've got Baylor as the number thirteen team in the country, guys. Iowa State number thirty, so they are up five spots this week, but they are number thirty. Give them the home field advantage. I still like Baylor in this game. I like them by about two points. It's a fifty-six percent win probability for the Bears, so give me Baylor. And uh, actually, surprisingly, I'm going to take it for two confidence points as well. So uh, to recap this game, we are all on two confidence points. You've got CFB numbers and myself taking Baylor on the road in an upset. You've got Kinger taking Iowa State at home. Kinger, be honest. Was this one for your lady? She's an Iowa State grad. This is for her? No, I got a feeling about the home team this <laughs> week. I think, like I said, I think the Iowa State defense is going to do enough to, to limit shaping in that Baylor offense. That's where I think the mismatch is. No, I got you. I was just kidding. But, uh, yeah, so Kinger on Iowa State for two. CFP numbers and I on Baylor for two. CFP numbers, we're going to start with you on this one because we got an ACC matchup, one that I'm really excited about. We've got Clemson going on the road to Wake Forest, a Wake Forest team that, of course, has Sam Hartman back now for a week or two. Uh, Kinger, before we kick the CFP numbers, what's Vegas say about this game? Clemson at Wake Forest. Clemson is minus seven on the road over Anderson at 55 and a half. All right, CFP numbers. Clemson a seven-point favorite. Who you like in this one? Yeah, so, you know, I think the question coming into this season on Clemson was if DJ could, you know, get back some of that magic he had in 2020 uh, against Notre Dame, against Boston College. Um, so far, it's been pretty good. I know there's been a little bit of talk of, of Cade Klubnik coming in. Um, you know, people start to compare when they start getting time together. But, you know, DJ's been pretty good so far. And I think the biggest thing is... His big-time throw rate, which is something PFF tracks, last year was at 4.5%. This year, it's at 8.6%. So he's it's you know close to double um, in big-time throws, which is something you would expect from DJ with his massive cannon arm. So you know DJ's playing well. This this defense is still elite, and you know Wake Forest coming into this game, there's a little bit of you know a little bit of a question mark there. Um, with how they played against Liberty. I mean, if Liberty converts that two-point conversion, they win. So, you know, Wake Forest has a couple questions. Their run game has struggled a little bit. Um, they're, I think one thing that's that's interesting that I found is they're the 93rd-ranked tackling team. So they've been kind of struggling tackling, and when you're going up against someone like Will Shipley, you know, that can be kind of tough. So... To me, I'm going to lean Clemson, um, but I'm not that confident in it. So I think I'm just going to stick them at, at one. Right on. Uh, agree with most of what you said there, CFB numbers. I actually am of the opinion that uh, Kate Klubnik is going to eventually become the starter for Clemson, I think, this season. I mean, I think he's going to overtake DJU. Uh, what we saw in 2020 is not what we saw in 2021 from him. And uh, while he has played better this year than last I still think Cade Clemson ultimately going to end up taking over the starting role. Don't know when, but I think that's going to be the case. Uh, Clemson's a team for me coming into the season. I had number four power rated. Uh, they have fallen slightly. That is not to say they haven't been a good, solid team this year, but they have not played up to the level that I expected coming into this season based on the things that I look at in the preseason that go into my model. So Clemson down this week to number seven, uh, the farthest they've fallen so far this season. But they're taking on a Wake Forest team that, even with Sam Hartman, 
I've had hovering around number 40 basically all year. Uh, that's exactly where I have Wake Forest right now. So I know Clemson's going on the road. I don't expect that road environment to be too much of an issue for the Tigers. So my numbers like Clemson by nine and a half. So I do expect them to cover this spread. It's a 75% win probability for Clemson. So I'm going to take Clemson here and I'm going to take them for six confidence points. Kinger? Yeah, I made a comment. I don't know if it was last week or two weeks. I think it was after week two. And I said on the podcast that it was a little bit of a changeup from this year and that Wake Forest looked like they had a little bit of a run game. They rushed for over 200 week one versus VMI, 150 versus Vandy. Well, that took a steaming topple downhill last week. They averaged only 0.8 yards per rush versus Liberty. You guys said that was a close game. They did not play well. That Wake Forest defense is definitely susceptible. I think Sam Hartman might have some success. I think Wake Forest can score some points this week. That Clemson defense, that front seven is elite, but I still have some questions and concerns on that secondary. I think they are going to be a little bit susceptible in the pass game. So I think Wake Forest is going to score. They're going to keep it close, but ultimately Clemson has been efficient enough on the offensive side of the ball. I agree that DJ has played above average this year i think he's been suitable maybe not quite to the level that clemson had hoped for but i i do see a step from last year on the road again i think they've won 13 straight versus wake forest it's not changing this year give me clemson with five confidence points all right so to recap this one we are all on the clemson tigers i am the most confident with six points kinger on clemson for five cfb numbers taking the tigers Four, one. This next game, guys, if you had to, if you told me at the beginning of the season we'd be picking this game in week four, I would have laughed at you because I really didn't think we would be. I am so pumped that we are. Of course, I am talking about a non-conference game. It's the Duke Blue Devils going to Lawrence, Kansas to take on the Kansas Jayhawks in a football game. We are not playing basketball yet. This is football. Kansas Duke might break Kansas. attendance records for a Duke-Kansas football game this week, which is which is, how, is amazing how, incre- how incredible is that like this game there are storylines i'm ready to talk about them I- i'm taking this one first because i'm selfish and want to but king before i get into it what's vegas say about this game okay use seven and a half point favorite at home over under 66 seven and a half over under 66 okay so guys this game is mainly about kansas for me if we're being honest but i posted some things on twitter recently about this i'm just going to read a couple of them in the preseason my number suggested there was a 0.2 percent chance that we'd be entering this game with both of these teams undefeated at 3-0. A 0.2% chance. We are now there. So I'd like to think my numbers weren't totally off on some on, on both these teams. I, I think they were probably properly rated. Both of these teams have exceeded expectations to this point, so much so that for two consecutive weeks, every single week I post my biggest risers and biggest fallers in my in my ratings, or actually in my rating rankings. So I don't post who has, who has raised, risen and fallen the most by my ratings, but I take my ratings, rank the teams 1 through 131, and say, okay, who has risen and fallen the most? Two consecutive weeks, Kansas has been the biggest riser in the ranking of my ratings. They are up 40 spots, guys, in the last two weeks alone. They are up 50 spots since the beginning of the season. They started this year number 99. I now have them number 49. They had a 1% chance to go bowling in the preseason by my numbers, that is currently up to a 69% chance. I Seven out of 10, I expect Kansas to go bowling. My numbers like them in this game. I I, I can't believe Kansas-Duke, and we didn't get... I, I even posted something... Forget if College Game Day doesn't want to go there. Forget if Josh Pate doesn't want to go there. I was disappointed in that a little bit. He mentioned it. I, I knew he wasn't going. But the Jay Billis, his crew, 
Dick, Digger Phelps, like the, the college basketball game day crew, they should have sent them to Duke at Kansas, set them up with it with uh, with their setup, do all that stuff. And game day just has two spots. They just do a quick hit over there. I mean, guys, this is ridiculous. We got two basketball blue buds playing a three and zero game. I'm so so excited about this one. Like I said, my numbers do like Kansas in this. I have them number forty nine in the country. Duke up as well from their preseason uh, ranking, but they are at number eighty two now. So my numbers like the Jayhawks by eleven. So I do expect them to cover in this game as well. It's a seventy eight percent win probability. I'm taking Kansas. I'm taking them for eight confidence points. And, guys, we talk about – I talked earlier about Aranda and Campbell, like coaches that I like. Lance Leopold is working up that list as well. He has done wonders at Kansas at a very short period of time. If I'm Kansas, I'm starting to get a little nervous. Like, like I'm going to his agent and saying, hey, we need to re-up. We need to, we need to sign you to an extension. We need to rework this deal because I'm getting a little nervous that maybe a program like Nebraska or some others are taking a look at him. So I don't know if you guys have any comments on that, but give me Kansas. Give me eight confidence points. Uh, Kinger, let's go to you. Yeah, you're right. Leipold, I think it's Leipold, how you say it. I, I always say Leipold, oh, but sorry. I, no, I, I say Leipold too. But is I, it I, Leipold, Leipold? Yeah, I think it's Leipold, but I say Leipold all the time. So Leipold has done a heck of a job. And, and credit to Mike Elko as well. That turned out to be an excellent hire for Duke. Former D coordinator for AM. He's got that program absolutely exceeding expectations. Now, I also have Kansas for eight this week. And I just want to say, if people have not gone and watched Jalen Daniels play quarterback yet, you absolutely need to. This dude is electric. This Kansas offense is legit. It's fun to watch. I am a little hesitant this week because of one stat that I saw that's a little bit concerning that there's no way I think is going to be sustainable at this point. Kansas currently is converting 68% of their third downs on the season thus far this year. Last year, the CFB leader was Coastal Carolina converting 53%. That is an insane number, insane rate that Kansas is executing on third down right now. Now, I think this offense is very good. The defense is definitely susceptible. I think Duke's going to score some points, but this is a home game for Kansas that is you know, this is a lot of excitement on campus. KU is absolutely buzzing right now. They have a ton of momentum. I don't see them losing this game at home to Duke right now. So I have Kansas with eight as well. I think I'm going to bet the game. I have it on my list. I am going to bet the game. I'm, I, I think Kansas, I think you got to roll with the momentum there. But there is a scenario where I see a slight bit let down, and I do think there is going to be a little bit of regression from Kansas at some point, but it's not this week. Give me the Jayhawks with eight. It's just a beautiful it's just such a beautiful sight to see a Kansas Jayhawk team that is just so dang fun to watch. Um, out of all of the college football quarterbacks out there that have qualified for ESPN's QBR, there are no other quarterbacks higher than him than Jalen Daniels. He is the number one quarterback in QBR this season. I don't think anyone would have ever expected that when you have C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young playing football. It's Jalen Daniels. That's, that's at number one. His passer rating under pressure is a 154.3. For those of you that don't know, a perfect passer rating is 158.3. So he's just a shade below perfect under pressure. This guy has been lights out for Kansas. He's been a big reason why they're 3-0. and uh, they, t- they took out a really good Houston team that you know, a lot of people had as, you know, quote unquote, the next Cincinnati, maybe not making the college football playoff, but, you know, potentially going undefeated New Year's six being that top group of five team and Kansas handled them. Like it was, they, they handled their business. Um, Kansas's offense is fun. It's, it's an option look from the shotgun. 
they just have so many looks and it's just so confusing for defenses, which is, you know, also a big reason why they convert on third downs. Um, to me, it's, it's Kansas. They have the better quarterback, the better offense. I just don't think Duke will be able to, to, to hang with them offensively. So I'm going to take Kansas and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go eight confidence points. All right. The recap on this one is real easy. All three of us taking the Kansas Jayhawks, and we're all taking them for eight confidence points. King, as I'm looking at the logo here, and I heard you say it too, KU, and I and I know they go by KU, and it's because, well, I don't know if it's because, but Kentucky's UK, but it is the University of Kansas. Yeah, it's, always it? bo- yeah. it's always bothered me that it's the <laughs> University of Kansas, and they go by KU. I don't know if it's because they don't want to be confused with Kentucky, which is also UK, University of Kentucky, but like... That's never processed in my head. That's a crazy point that you just brought open opened my mind to. I'd never known that before. I did know it, but I never processed it before. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just weird. But anyway, we're all taking Kansas. We're all taking them for eight confidence points. Who would have thought, guys, that we'd be talking Duke Kansas football in week four of the 2022 college football season? Just insane. Uh, moving this one over, it's from one game to another that I'm excited about for totally different reasons. We have this, we have relevance to this game, guys, for the first time. And what it feels like a while, um, this is probably the biggest spread. I think I saw Brad Powers post. This is the biggest spread on this game, favoring the team that's favored since his number started back, or since he has data on going back to 1976. I'm talking about an SEC East matchup. It is Florida going to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. Uh, Kinger, what's Vegas say? Like I just mentioned, I think Tennessee's a big favorite, but what, what is the line? Yeah, Tennessee is over? minus 11 at home, over under 62 and a half. Minus 11, over under 62 and a half. Uh, numbers, why don't you take us away on this one first? It's a massive, massive game in the SEC East. We've got Florida on the road at Tennessee. Yeah, I saw that uh, line going back to 1970s. Like, that's just an absolutely insane, you know, stat that Tennessee hasn't been favored this this much in forever. Um, I said it before, Tennessee's offense is what you would expect when you played Madden online. It's a bunch of verts. It's going deep almost every play. It's it's a lot of high-powered, you know, passing offense. And Hendon Hooker is exactly the quarterback you need to run that offense. He's been highly efficient this season. Um, his um, offensive grade, 89 for PFF. He's he's elite. He's, he's able to hit those shots of, they have Brew McCoy, um, who is eligible. He's been, he's been, you know, he's been, he's been good for them now. Um, to me, I think the biggest question is, is what are we going to get from Anthony Richardson? Um, I'm a Florida State alum, but I'm still hyping up Anthony Richardson just because this guy has so many, you know, tools. He's so versatile. He, he's got a cannon arm. He can run. He can run like a four four forty. Like he's he's this insane athlete, this insane football player. But like we haven't seen it yet. I mean, the guy has a cannon arm. He has zero big time throws this year. He has zero passing touchdowns. It just hasn't been able to materialize in the passing game yet. Um, you know, we need to see that passing game. They're going to have to put up points against Tennessee. Tennessee's going to hit those shots. Um, you know, it could be a game where you blink and Tennessee's up fourteen nothing with. 10 minutes left in the first quarter. Um, so to me, I'm going to take Tennessee. Um, I'm not going to be as confident though, because I, I, I'm an optimist. And I'm, I'm not going to doubt Anthony Richardson. This could be a game. He, you know, completely turns a switch and just dials up everything. And it's just hyper efficient. 
Um, so I'm going to take Tennessee at three confidence points. You said it, CFB numbers. Uh, Anthony Richardson, and Kinger and I have talked about this on the podcast before this year already. Uh, after the Utah game, we talked about it after or going into Kentucky. If, if Florida's going to win this game, Anthony Richardson has to play to the level that we think he's capable of playing to. Um, outside of that game against Utah, it really hasn't been much much to write home about for Florida. I mean, they were, you could call it lucky to escape last week against uh, USF. Uh, Florida has plummeted in my power ratings. They are outside the top 40 now. They are all the way down to number 42. That does not mean that I don't think they can surprise folks in this game if Anthony Richardson plays a game that we know he is capable of playing or we think he is capable of playing. But this game, for me... It, is all about Tennessee. I mean, this is a team that my numbers have fallen in love with. I think they started the year number 18, if I'm not mistaken, in my power ratings. After one week, they were up to number eight. Like, they took a big jump after one week, and they've only continued to rise. I now have Tennessee as the number five team in the country in my forward-looking power rating. There are only four teams above them, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Michigan. Tennessee, what Josh Heupel has done with that offense, we talked about Hendon Hooker, they are electric. You call it a Madden offense, CFB numbers. Starting st- starting in about nine months, we're going to start calling it an EA Sports NCAA football offense again, yes. which I'm super excited so. about. I know we I know we all are. Um, but yeah, this this is a video game offense. They put up points in bunches. They move really really fast. They get a lot of plays in. I expect Tennessee with that home environment to be pumped up, to be ready to go. I think I saw they're doing a checkered um, approach to, to, to the game this week in terms of what the fans are wearing and, and the, and the uh, design in, in the stadium. So I'm taking Tennessee in this game. I'm very confident in it. We said the line was 11. My number's like Tennessee by 16. So I'm taking Tennessee. It's an 87% win probability. I do expect them to cover that spread and to win this game big. Give me Tennessee. I'm taking them for 10 confidence points. Kinger? Wow, okay. wow, 10. That's 10. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little shocked to hear that. And with how what you guys just broke down there, I, I can't say I disagree with a lot. Tennessee is absolutely going to load this box. And they're going to make Anthony Richardson beat them through the air. That's in... I haven't seen it from Richardson yet. This Florida offense has really struggled throwing the ball, but Tennessee has been a little bit susceptible in that secondary these last couple of years. I still think there are some potential holes there. So this could be a week that Richardson might be able to find his stride. But on the other side, I think Tennessee, quite frankly, I think they're going to run all over Florida. Florida is allowing almost 200 yards per game on the ground right now. I think like five and a half yards per carry. That offense is going to put up some points. And with Hen and Hooker, I don't even think they're going to need to throw it that many times. You know, 15, 20 times if they get that run game going. I don't think Florida is going to be able to stop them. So I do think that 10 to 11 point spread is ultimately where it's going to end up being. I think Richardson and Napier, they're going to scheme something up that offense, find a way to score some points. But at the end of the day, Tennessee is going to be too much at home. So I also have the volunteers with six confidence points. All right, so to recap this one, we are all on Tennessee. I mentioned my numbers absolutely love the Volunteers. I'm taking them for 10 confidence points. Kinger taking them for six. And CFB numbers on the balls for three. This next game, King, is in the Big Ten. We're going to start with you on it. We've got uh, Minnesota going on the road to play a Michigan State team that, uh, I don't know how else to describe it, has to be reeling after that trip to the Pacific Northwest. Minnesota at Michigan State. King, what's Vegas think about this one? Yeah, Minnesota's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, over under 51. 
And you said it, Kelly, Michigan State has to be furious. There's got to be some embarrassment. There is definitely these practices this week for that Michigan State Spartan football team. I can't imagine them being too enjoyable. Mel Tucker took a lot of, I respect Mel Tucker a lot. He took a lot of the criticism. He took a lot of the blame for, for the team's performance last week. And that is exactly why I'm taking the Spartans at home this week. I think they have a big bounce back. Minnesota, they're a good team. They haven't played anybody yet this far. That defense, I still think, is going to be towards the top tier of the Big Ten, but they lost a huge part of their offense this week. Chris Ottman Bell. They still have the dynamic running back duo, Mo Ibrahim, leading that charge. But I think Michigan State's front seven on the defensive side is going to come out ready to play. I think they're going to challenge Tanner Morgan in that offensive line this week, and I think they're going to make it very difficult for them to run the ball. I like Peyton Thorne to have a bounce-back week. I think, again, this is strictly a Mel Tucker play here. I think he gets his guys fired up, ready to play this week. So I'm taking the Spartans at home with one confidence point. All right, CFB numbers, what about you? Yeah, so um, I know you alluded to the fun index uh, earlier. Minnesota's Minnesota's offense is actually the second most fun offense in the country at the moment, Uh, first only to the Air Force Academy. Raise your hand if you have that one coming. I know. Raise your hand. Let's be let's be honest. And then this is up there. It's yeah. (laughs) And then put your hand back down because you're lying. I stole I stole that line from Philip, one of our uh, previous guests. He posted that on Twitter. I thought it was really funny. So yeah, go go ahead, CMB. Never sorry. You know Minnesota's offense has been fun, but you know they get the Colorado bump. They played Colorado, who is just you know one of the worst teams in the you know in the FBS. They played a couple of FCS teams. Their, their schedule State has been weak. Yeah. It's, yeah, New Mexico State. It's it just hasn't been very good schedule wise. So it's you know it's kind of tough coming into this game going up against a Michigan State defense that is pretty stout. And you know, Mich- or Minnesota's been running the ball. They're they're running the ball sixty seven point two percent of the time. So they're looking to run the football and you know obviously you can do that against the Colorado but when you shift gears and play Michigan State you know it's an entirely different beast um so to me I I think I'm gonna lean Michigan State here and uh I'm gonna I'm just gonna stick him at four confidence points Man, I cannot believe this. So we Kinger just got done telling us that Minnesota is a favorite in this game. I thought here was maybe a chance I was going to sneak out. Get a little underdogs. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, we're all going Michigan State because I'm on the Spartans too in this game. And uh, I'm not confident at all. I just gave you my 10-point pick in Tennessee. I'm going all the way to the other end of the spectrum. I'm taking Michigan State in this one for one. Uh, Michigan State, guys, like, like we talked about, Really struggled last week. They, they've got to figure some things out. Uh, I've got a number 25 this week in my power ratings. Minnesota is number 20. So they had a nice jump this week, uh, up eight spots in, into the top 20 for me. But you guys talked about it. They have played nobody. My numbers are opponent adjusted. But if I'm looking at my most deserving rankings, which basically look at, hey, what have you accomplished so far in this season relative to what would be expected of the average top 25 team. You guys outlined that non-conference schedule they had. Minnesota, even though they're 3-0, and number 43 in my uh, most deserving rankings, which uh, not even crack of the top 30 that I post each week. So this will be their first big test. It is on the road. It is against a defense um, that has struggled to defend the pass. You talked about uh, CFP numbers, how ex- how exciting this Minnesota offense is. Again, it's hard to, hard to believe we're saying that, but uh, that is the case. It is what we've seen. I think it's going to be a very, very close game. Um, I'm taking Michigan State in this game, like I said, for one confidence point. 
My numbers give them a 55% chance to win. I like them by about one and a half points. So to recap this one, CFB numbers, uh, the most confident here taking Michigan State for four. Kinger and I both on the Spartans for one. Our next game, uh, not a conference matchup, although if it would have been played in 2020, it would have been. We've got Notre Dame going on the road to North Carolina. Guys, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that one of these teams was going to be 3-0 coming into this game, and one of these teams is going to be 1-2, I would have been pretty confident looking at the looking at the schedules. I would have said, wow, I guess Notre Dame pulled the upset in week one, and, and they're rolling at 3-0 because North Carolina's had some tricky games so far, but uh, they figured it out. They, they, they've made it uh, through unscathed. CFP numbers, let's start with you, but Kinger first. What's Vegas think about Notre Dame at North Carolina? UNC is a one-and-a-half point favorite at home. The over-under is 58. Yeah, so, I mean, Notre Dame has just been, I mean, if you have to put it in a few words, it's been shocking and, and kind of just painful on offense. It just, it hasn't looked good. The Marcus Freeman era has just started off so rocky that the honeymoon is, it's gone already, you know, two games in, it was gone. Um, and then with North Carolina, you know, the question was, you know, who who is going to replace Sam Howell? I mean, you're replacing an NFL quarterback. Um, Drake May has come in and he has just, he's just been lights out. I mean, through the first two games, he, ESPN has a stat that's, it's points above average, which is, um, it's just the number of points contributed by a quarterback above the level of an average, average quarterback. Um, through two games, he was the highest, um, over the past five years. I think it dips a slight bit, but he's still up there in like the top five, um, in that points above average, he's second in the nation right now, and he's eighth in QBR. He's just been, you know, completely lights out for North Carolina, and he had to because North Carolina's defense, you know, they looked horrible against Appalachian State. Like, they couldn't stop anything. Um, so, to me, I'm, I'm just going to roll with the better offense. I think Notre Dame, it's just, it's too painful. It's too awkward on offense so i'm gonna go north carolina and i'm actually gonna go a full 10 confidence points wow okay uh um, that's the shock well, of the day okay. right there see yeah numbers. i'm going, I love I'm it, going a little I'm i just, love it I'm, yeah that's I'm, that's i'm get... betting big on offense it's just it's too yeah much for the game hey we know that's what cfb numbers likes to look at he likes the explosive offense he's like the, he likes the fun teams hey this <laughs> team they're definitely fun defense is optional as we pointed out with that ad state game um I'll go next just because I'm on the other side of the coin here, and I don't necessarily like that I'm here. Here's what I'll say, guys. I have Notre Dame right now power rated number 27. They're down 13 spots this week. So as preseason priors are devalued, de-weighted week over week here as we get going, Notre Dame will continue to drop. They are being propped up right now mainly by preseason information that – I maintain has predictive value just because Notre Dame might be an example of an outlier of a team that, hey, you know, we were wrong in the preseason. We're right much more often than we're wrong. So this isn't to say, hey, preseason data is not good, but it's, a, it's propping up Notre Dame right now. On that same token, North Carolina has been dropping consistently in my power ratings as well since the beginning of the year. Now, they're winning, as, as we just pointed out. I've got them uh, in the most deserving rankings. They are number 19. So they are 3-0. and They've done some things that are... are are worthy of an applause, and uh, good job. You guys are still undefeated. You got your welcome in Notre Dame this week. Your favorites this week uh, against Notre Dame. But my numbers are going to take Notre Dame in this game. Um, I've got North Carolina number 47 
down a few more spots this week, um, even though they didn't play, just teams around them uh, moving. Notre Dame, number 27, 60% win probability for the Irish. I don't love this pick because, like I said, I think preseason priors are affecting the model in this case. I think being on the road, uh, people get hyped up to play Notre Dame. Those fans are going to be excited to be playing Notre Dame. Uh, but I'm going to roll with my numbers. Give me Notre Dame, a 60% win probability. So I'll take the Fighting Irish for three confidence points. Kinger, we need you to break the tie. Yeah, Kelly, give me ND for three. And I don't oh, like that. You and I, again, it started off, but now we've been getting <laughs> back on the track where we're the same. This is this line's a little bit questionable to me. I think a lot they're, they're baiting a lot of people taking UNC with the momentum at home and how bad Notre Dame's looked. But I think this is a little bit of a trap. And I think Drew Pine is going to find some success this week. I think Notre Dame's offense is going to take a step this week. I think the offensive line's been playing better. They've gotten the run game going these last few weeks. Drake May can't say enough good things about him almost 75 percent completion percentage this year taking care of the ball no interceptions the dude is a stud and like you said coming in to replace Howell after last year he's been exceeded all expectations I think for what Tar Heel fans were hoping for at this point but this is the best defense he's played and I think that Notre Dame front seven on the defensive side is going to get some pressure on him I think they're going to make him uncomfortable I think it's going to be a little bit of a rough night for that NC offensive line so Notre Dame as poorly as they've played thus far this season I think they get back on track this week not overly confident, but Notre Dame with three. That's where I'm rolling. All right, before I do the recap of this game, since you both mentioned it and I've been curious about it, just real quick, yes or no, with a brief explanation if you want to give it, is May a uh, improvement? Is he a step up over Howell for this North Carolina team from last year? Yes or no? What do you guys think? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I, I kind of have a bias toward Sam Howell. I've always loved Sam Howell. Um, so I don't, I don't think I could get there yet, but I mean, I think he certainly could with what he's seen, I, with what we've seen from Drake May so far. I mean, I think he could get there and I think he could be an improvement over Sam Howell. Um, we're also just going to have to see what happens, um, you know, coaching wise, if things start shaking up, if they, you know, start losing or if Mac Brown decides he wants to hang it up. So we'll ha- kind of have to see what goes on there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think he could get there, but right now I would say no, but I think he could get there. You specified Sam Howell 2021, and the answer to that question <laughs> is I'm saying yes. Now, Sam Howell 2020, That's a good even point. 2018, I think it's a different conversation, but – I think quarterback play has improved from what they saw last year, and that's not a diss on Howell. I like Howell as well, but May's been very impressive thus far. That's a, yeah, I, I did, I guess, say from last year. Yeah, Howell had an interesting career in North Carolina. We don't have the time to get into it today, but just his production and his level of play, um, almost like Benjamin Button kind of effect, kind of went down, I feel like, as he progressed through his career there. But, uh, okay, so to recap this one, uh, we're, we're on split sides here. Kinger and I both taking the Irish for three. CFB numbers taking North Carolina for ten at home. Absolutely love that. I haven't gone first in a while, I just realized, so I'm going to take this next game first. Uh, we got a Pac-12 matchup, Kinger. Oregon going on the road uh, to the Palouse, taking on Washington State. What's Vegas think about this one? Oregon is a six and a half point favorite on the road over under 57. Okay, Oregon six and a half. Um, I think, so it seems like every single week I get one or two fan bases on social media, on Twitter, who like that I'm saying something good about their team. This week that was Washington State fans. Uh, I have them... Um, 
Number eight in my most deserving rankings this is two weeks in a row, actually. So I don't know where they were last week, but they seem to have caught on this week. I think I gained, you know, 50 or so followers just from Washington State this week, which I always welcome. Hey, you know, glad you're here, excited about it. Uh, might lose those followers this week because I am not going to take Washington State in this game. I don't think Washington State, predictably speaking, is a very, quote, good team. They're a very average team, actually, by my numbers in terms of FBS, let alone the Power Five. I think they're a below average Power Five team. I've got Washington State power rated number 59 in the country, guys. So I know they're at home. I know there's excitement because they're 3-0. Like I said, I've got them number 8 in the most deserving rankings. Like, they've accomplished a lot to this point. But this is an Oregon team that has really found their stride after being absolutely demolished by Georgia in uh, the opening week. They've really turned things around. They got a great win last week against BYU. Um, this is a team that has risen uh, in my power ratings this week all the way up to number 14. So they're right back where they were to start the year. They plummeted after Georgia uh, because they did nothing well in that game at all. Um, and now they bounce all the way back. So I like Oregon in this game. I expect them to get the win on the road. I've got a 76% win probability. I do expect them to cover. I like the Ducks by about 10 points in this game. So give me Oregon and give me for seven confidence points. Washington State fans, please don't unfollow just because of this one pick, but you will do what you want. Kinger, what do you think of this game? Yeah, I just, in the back of my mind, I feel confident about this this pick, but there's just something in my brain that says that I'm going to get burned by putting Bo Nix in this Oregon offense for as high as I do this week. Now, I think on the defensive side of the ball, Oregon has a clear advantage there. That defense last week versus BYU looked fantastic. All three levels, they were flying around, flying to the ball, sure tackling. I think Washington State's offense is going to be is going to struggle versus that Oregon defense. Now, on the other side, again, Oregon wants to run the ball. Washington State has shown that they have a pretty formidable front seven versus that Wisconsin team a few weeks ago also wants to ground and pound it. Now, I think Oregon has more offensive weapons. Bo Nix, I think he's going to... He's going to be in a position where he's going to have to make some throws for them to win this game. But ultimately, I think they have the weapons. I think this offensive line for Oregon is better. They are still a top 5 to 10 unit for me, top to bottom, in college football. I think they got enough to get it done this week. So I'm high on Oregon as well. Give me eight confidence points. CFP numbers? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people uh, watched Oregon just get absolutely destroyed by Georgia and kind of sort of like rode off Oregon, kind of, you know, put them out, put them outside, like didn't really stop thinking about Oregon, stop caring about them, but they're still a good football team. They beat, they beat a good BYU team. Um, and Bonix is 15th in the country in QBR. So he's not, you know, he's playing good. It's, it's, it's been good Bonix so far. Um, I'm going to take Oregon, but I will say, um, Washington state's coverage grade for PFF is 15th in the country. And Bonix can you know, there's some of that bad Bo Nix games. Like, we've seen it happen before. So, it's in the realm of possibilities. But I, I, I think this time I, I, I got to go Oregon. Um, I think they win more often than not. And I'm going to go eight, eight confidence points. Oregon's trying to beat the Cougars for two straight weeks, boys. Oh, that's a, that's <laughs> that's a, a good that's little a good fun fact. Yeah. yeah. Right on, Kay. I wonder how many times that's happened in college football history, beating the same mascot cougar let alone this isn't tigers this isn't like a a wildcats two weeks in a row wildcats yeah a lot of those um okay so to recap this one good fun fact from kinger there we have got all of us on the oregon ducks kinger and cfb numbers taking the ducks for eight i am on oregon for seven this next game cfb numbers we're going to start with you because you got a history with one of these coaches as we've talked about earlier uh oh yeah we have 
We got an SEC West showdown. It's a big one. Every game in the SEC West is a big one. We got a, a neutral site here, though. We've got um, Arkansas taking on Texas A&M. Kinger, what does Vegas think about this game? A&M is a two-point favorite over under 48 and a half. All right, CFP numbers. What do you think about this one? Yeah, so um, so Arkansas kind of had a little bit of a scare last week. I think we can all agree on that. Missouri State, you know, if they if they lost to Bobby Petrino, I think they would have been memed from Twitter. They would have been memed on Twitter for you know a good week or so. Um, Arkansas, <laughs> a week or so. I think they would have done it for a year maybe, or so. Maybe, maybe Bobby, Bobby Petrino may may still be trending on Twitter today. Um, <laughs> but their offense is fun when KJ Jefferson is on. He's one of you know, he's one of the best in the country. Um, he's been lights out for them in this Bryles offense. And Jimbo Fisher is just, I mean, I obviously bias with FSU, but um, it just feels like, it just feels like the offense isn't there. It just feels kind of sort of like Notre Dame. It's a little painful. It's a little conservative. Um, they're still trying to find answers at quarterback. Uh, Max Johnson looked all right, but you know, if you look at Max Johnson's history, he has a really high turnover worthy play rate. Like he, there are times where he just completely just stops functioning and just bad things happen, whether it's fumbles or interceptions. Um, so to me, I'm going to take Arkansas. I'm going to take the better offense. I just don't, I, I, I don't think Jimbo's conservative nature. You just can't do that against Arkansas. Um, so I'm going to go Arkansas, and I feel like I've screwed up the confidence points, but I'm going to I'm going to put them at six. Have I done six you before? It. No, you have, you have not done six. You've got six Sweet. open, so Arkansas for six. Okay, well, let's go to you next because a uh, little-known fact, you spent some time in Arkansas in your life, so uh, you got a little little love for the Razorbacks, no? No doubt, and I mean, I, I was just thinking about this today when, when I was doing some research for this. I mean, I going back to the first time when I lived in Arkansas in 2015 to 2016, 2015 game, they play this game in AT&T AT Stadium every year in Dallas, so it's technically considered a neutral site. And I remember that um, it was an overtime game in 2015, and AM was able to squeak it out. And I went back to the office on Monday, and all the Arkansas fans were just in complete shambles talking about how much they hate Texas A&M. <laughs> and that, 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 that memory stuck with me. So this is a game that I look forward to every year. I don't really know what we're going to get with this one either. I mean, AM's just such a tough team to, to evaluate. Max Johnson did not really look good last week. That AM defense really carried him against Miami, but they were able to do enough on the uh, offensive end. This was a low scoring game last year, 20 to 10. I don't think that we're going to maybe get quite this low this year, but the over under 48 and a half, I would definitely tend to lean under in this game. And Arkansas is very good against the run, right? That's that's where their bread and butter is in the defense. They've definitely been susceptible in the secondary. So Johnson's going to have to make some throws. I think the AM defense is, is too much. KJ Jefferson, he's good. Do I think he's an elite level SEC quarterback? I have to be honest and say that the answer is no there. I still think Arkansas lacks a little bit of weapons on the offensive end. We saw the scare last week. So I'm going to take AM. I don't feel really good about it, but I'm taking them with four confidence points. Before I do mine, can you talk about this, this game being in Jerry World in Arlington every year? How do you guys feel about what just neutral site college football games in general? Uh, and then this game in particular, would you like to see this one go on campus? I mean, I feel like they could get some good, good traction on this one. What do you guys think real quick about neutral site college football games? Like them, don't like them, or it doesn't matter. If it's an actual neutral site, I'm okay with it. I don't really like giving away conference games to, to neutral sites, but 
I mean, you look at Oregon, Georgia to start the season this year. This was in Atlanta. That's not a neutral site game. That is a home football game for the Georgia Bulldogs. And so I understand teams traveling from different parts of the country, especially in non-conference. You want to find a, 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 a central location, central United States, right? Whether it be Texas, whether it be down in New Orleans. Uh, but these conference games, I can't say I'm a big fan of it. I think it would be a lot better, especially with those home crowds that we know can get fired up for AM. They do a bunch, as we know, they do a bunch of, they can really get fired up and do a bunch of weird stuff down there at AM. Arkansas is obviously a great, <laughs> Arkansas is obviously a great place to watch a football game. So I think it takes away a little bit of it for sure. CFP numbers, you like it? Don't like it? I was going to say, any any chance you can get a midnight yell in, you, you got to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I. Campus campus games are it's it's just such a such a better atmosphere. The tailgating is better. Just crowds are better. The energy is just that's what makes college football college football. Um, neutral site games kind of sort of lack that, and especially if they're like neutral site games that like aren't really neutral site. It's just it's kind of we it's 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 just weird. Um, I would much prefer just campus, just because that campus energy is different. And um, yeah, and midnight yells. That's that's all you need is midnight yells. I I agree with you guys. I like it being on campus. Uh, I know we're having fun with the with the midnight yells. I actually really <laughs> I love I love the unique history traditions that we have in college football. So I'm I'm not I don't get the midnight yell because I'm not an Aggie, but I'm not gonna hate on it. I think it's cool. That's what they do. That's their thing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I like games on campus with very few exceptions. I mean, give me Texas Oklahoma at the Cotton Bowl. Like I think that, yeah, I mean, that one can mm-hmm. that that one can stay. It's you know te- the Texas State Fair. But I'm even thinking like the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville, like with with Florida and Georgia. I would almost even rather see that one go on campuses. It, there's very few exceptions to my rule of I prefer games on college campuses. So very much in line with what you guys have said there. Um, so anyway, I was just curious because King, you pointed out this game is always in in Jerry World, which we know he's a huge Arkansas supporter, former Arkansas player. Um, so okay, uh, I have to split the tie here. So I am going to go. I wish I could say otherwise. I'm going to go Texas A&M. King and I are on, on it again. We really got to start mixing it up for our listeners. But uh, that's why we got CFP numbers here to, to provide the, the spice this week. Give me A&M in this game, guys. These are two teams that um, I, I'm going to start with Arkansas. Horrible showing last week. They were playing as we talked about. They were playing uh, Southeast Missouri or Missouri State. Terrible. I mean, they were losing late in that game to an FCS team with the, we talked about the Bob Petrino storyline. Like, that could have been just absolute nightmare scenario. And I love Sam Pittman. This is a couple times now that I've talked about coaches I love. Sam Pittman's in my top five or my top ten coaches in all of college football. I think he's perfect for Arkansas. I think what he's got going on there is great. They avoided disaster last year on their record. But in my model, it's not about did you win or lose. It's about how did you play relative to your expectation. I can tell you guys Arkansas did not play well. Uh, I was probably lower on Arkansas is what I've been saying than I thought I maybe should be just because of the intangibles. Well, I'm even lower now. I'm number, I got a number 38 in the country. This is still a good Arkansas program trending in the right direction. But, man, do I have concerns about this team now, especially despite the fact they pulled out the win last week. I've got AM at number 23. It's a neutral site game, so do the math there really quickly. I like uh, AM in this game. Not to say I don't have concerns about them as well, but, goodness, they needed the win last week against Miami. They got it. Uh, I think the, the ship can be steadied here. I've got a 61% win probability for the Aggies. I like them by about four points in this game. Wouldn't be shocked if they lost, but uh, in this pick I'm taking AM and I'm taking them. Kinger, you'll love it for four confidence points. So to recap this, uh, Kinger and I both on the Aggies for four. CFB numbers on the Razorbacks for six. 
We've got two games left to look at, King. We're going to come to you first on this one. Uh, two teams that had very different weeks last week. We're in the Big 12. We've got Kansas State going on the road to Oklahoma. I can't help but the Kansas State's minds last week were on this week's games, and it bit them. Uh, Kinger, what does Vegas think? And then we're just going to start with you, too. Yeah, OU's a 12.5-point favorite at home, over under 53. And this Kansas State team, they, they lost last year pretty handily to Oklahoma, but the previous two years got the Sooners. They've, they've played them very well. This year, I think it's going to be a little bit of a rough go for the Wildcats. And I might be going a little bit off recency bias, but Oklahoma looks like a complete football team. This Brent Venables, he's revived this defense. They are flying across the field. Very impressive last week. And again, uh, the offense is just steady. They're just getting it done. They got re- they got playmakers across the board. Dylan Gabriel has been very effective. Kansas State's offense, guys. I'm starting to say that the beloved Colin Klein, their offensive coordinator, if things don't start to turn around for the Wildcats here in these next few weeks, I think that seat might be starting to get a little bit warm. Obviously, Deuce Vaughn, electric back. That offensive line, it's good, not great. And if you load the box and make Kansas State one-dimensional and make Adrian Martinez push the ball down the field, Tulane did it last week. They proved there is a there is a recipe right there for beating Kansas State. Now, I agree with you, Kelly. I think Kansas State might have looked ahead a little bit. I think they hang around for a while. This is a big game. I think they are going to come out energized, but Oklahoma at home, this team just looks too good right now. I'm very high on Oklahoma this week, and I'm taking them for 10 confidence points. Kinger, I agree with a lot of what you just said there. Um, I got Kansas State down eight spots this week. They're at number 34 now in my power ratings, going the other way. Oklahoma up Five spots. I've got Oklahoma as the number six team in the country right now. Predictably speaking, Kinger, I am high on the Sooners as well. This is a big game. This is a game that in recent history, as you said, Kansas State has given Oklahoma fits. I do not expect that to be the case this week. I am taking Oklahoma, and I'm taking them for nine confidence points. So CFB numbers, you with us on Oklahoma, or are you going the other way? I'm with you guys on Oklahoma. Um, I will say this is, you know, technically the the first test of Dylan Gabriel's time at Oklahoma. Uh, currently, yeah, Kansas point, State. Yeah. Currently, Kansas State is eleven, the eleventh ranked coverage unit by PFF. They have seven interceptions, which is tied seventh in the nation, and they're. Uh, coverage EPA per play is thirteenth in the nation, so they're very good. Um, covering and and defending the pass. So this is something, I would say it's something to monitor. I don't think it's going to be an issue with Dylan Gabriel in Oklahoma. Um, You know, obviously the knock on Oklahoma throughout the years has been their defense. And then they go out and get arguably the best defensive mind in college football for a head coach. So I really like Oklahoma. I think this, this is going to be a fun team and, and, you know, I I feel like they kind of sort of took a little bit of a back burner on the playoff discussion just because of Ohio State and C.J. Stroud, Alabama, Georgia, obviously steamrolling everybody. But, you know, Oklahoma's a good team, and, and I don't know. It's it's weird to, to feel like that they're, like, on the back burner, but they're not. They're, you know, they're a very good team. Um, so I'm going to take Oklahoma. I'm going to put them – I I've totally lost my confidence point numbers – I'm going to take them, I think, is nine available? I'm going to take them at nine. Nine is available for you. So, yes, we're going to take that. Um, 
to recap this game, we are all on Oklahoma. Uh, Kinger, the most confident, uh, the co most confident you can be, taking the Sooners for ten. CFB numbers and I both on Oklahoma for nine. Our final game, guys. I'm going to take this one first because I was really excited about it. I posted something about it on social media. I'll get to that in a second. It's a Pac-12 after dark game. I don't actually think it's after dark, but it is a late primetime game on the East Coast. We've got USC. We talked about the first test for Dylan Gabriel and uh, that Oklahoma team taking on Kansas State. This is the first test that I would say, legit test that I'd say, for Caleb Williams in this USC offense. They are going to Corvallis to take on the Oregon State Beavers. Kinger, what's Vegas think about USC at Oregon State? USC is a six-and-a-half point favorite on the road, over under 71. 71. So we're expecting some points in this game. Vegas is, um, I think this is a really intriguing game. I was going through, uh, looking at the games I'm going to be watching in each of the windows. And I saw a little note here, uh, in my app, PAC 12 network for this game. Uh, guys, I'm a massive college football fan. We know this. I try to watch as many games as I can. I have never had the Pac-12 Network. It has um, always been a point of contention for me. This is probably the game, of all the games that have been a Pac-12 Network, this is probably the game that I am most disappointed I won't be able to watch. So much so, I even posted a question on Twitter. Hey, how do you guys watch Pac-12 games? A lot of people said they pirate the games, they stream them illegally. I'm really not trying to do that. I, I don't have a whole lot of experience doing that. I also feel like I I got you there, Kelly, if you need that. me. I just wanted to Kay. throw that out there. Kingers, Kingers got it. Somebody pointed out, though, somebody pointed out FUBU uh, or FUBO TV has a free trial. They carry Pac-12 Network. I might be doing that. I also think uh, I saw Sling does it. No free trial, but it's month to month. So I'll figure out a way. I am going to watch this game, USC at Oregon State. Guys, these are two teams, both 3-0, and both uh, ranked in my most deserving rankings. I've got Oregon State number 15 making the fans out there. In, uh, we talked about Washington State fans liking me. Oregon State was a group liking me this week as well. One spot ahead of USC, who I have at number 16. Uh, but that, those are resume rankings. Those aren't looking forward here. So if I bring it to the um, power ratings and looking forward, my numbers have loved USC this year. They started the year number 27, uh, quickly replaced some of that preseason information with uh, what we've seen on the field, which has been nothing short of spectacular, at least from the offense. The defense has been better than expected. The offense has been as good as expected for me. I've got USC all the way up to number nine. Oregon State is up this week. I do like what I've seen from Oregon State to this point, but they are only at number 35. So Kinger said the line is USC minus six and a half. I like USC by seven. It's a 69% win probability. So give me the Trojans. I'm taking them and I'm taking them for five confidence points. Uh, CFB numbers. What about you in this one? USC at Oregon State. Yeah. So again, going back to the fun index, Oregon State, fourth most fun offense in the country right now. Oregon State and Jonathan Smith have just been so successful on offense. And a large part of that is is Chance Nolan, the quarterback. He's the fifth-ranked uh, quarterback in terms of PFF grade, both on the offense grade, which encompasses passing and running, and pass. He's the fifth-ranked passer for um, in terms of PFF grade. So this is going to be a test for USC's defense. And we know what the offense can do. We know what Caleb Williams can do. He's, you know, one of the most electrifying college quarterbacks out there. He's, you know, you give him Jordan Addison and he just, you know, he completely runs with it at that 70 total. I mean, that totally makes sense. Um, it's going to be a test, but ultimately I, I think USC pulls it out. Um, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a shootout, but I think ultimately, I think ultimately Caleb Williams can, 
pull a couple tricks tricks out of his sleeve and uh, come away with the victory. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go USC. All right, Kinger. What about you? I'm gonna say, guys, this is one of the Kinger locks of the week. Is is I don't think there's a chance that this game gets to 71 points. I think both defenses have shown, specifically the Oregon State defense, that I think it's going to be a formidable opponent. Now, I do by no means think that they are going to shut down and stop Caleb Williams in that offense. I am on USC for nine confidence points in this. But based on what I've seen the last week, couple weeks, the mutual opponent in Fresno State, that Fresno State-USC under was 71.5 last week. I think the Fresno State offense is still better than Oregon State's. Now, again, CFB numbers, you just pointed out some facts or some stats that might disagree with that take, but with Jay Kaner and that healthy in, in that Fresno State offense, I still don't see the production coming from Oregon State. Now, it's a night game at home. I think there's going to be big stops made on, on both sides of the ball. Ultimately, I think USC is going to end up covering this game. But that under 71, I, I'm pretty high. I don't think I don't think there's any chance that Oregon State scores 30 points. That's again my my projection on that. We'll see if I'm right or wrong on that. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep riding the USC momentum as well. I'm high with them on this week. Caleb Williams has proven uh, that offense is definitely a force to be reckoned with. All right. So to recap this game, we are all on USC. Kinger, the most confident, taking the Trojans for nine. CFB numbers and I both taking USC for five. All right, guys, that wraps up our picks section. Kinger, uh, we got to get to our best bets. And before we do, just one clarification uh, for the picks here uh, for CFB's numbers. He, we're gonna have we're gonna keep Kansas at eight. Oregon is going to be seven. I think I misspoke yeah, and was, said it was, that eight was earlier. That was my bad, guys. No worries at all. We just want to get it right for the scorecard so that when we post it and uh, you beat us, because King and I uh, have been struggling this year a little bit, we're going to turn around, but when you beat us this week, we just want it to be accurate. So, uh, Kinger, let's get to some best bets here. We're turning that around this week as well. Let's hear it for everybody. Absolutely. So I said the first one, USC, Oregon State under 71. I think I'm very confident in that pick this week. We're going the week of favorites, fellas. There are a lot of heavy favorites on the board this week that I absolutely love. So Oklahoma, I'm taking minus 12 and a half at home versus K-State. Kelly, what was your number on that you said? Uh, 13. So I, I I wouldn't touch this one, but if I had to, I'd go with you. For sure. KU, seven and a half. You said that was like 10 or 12 points versus Duke? I got 11. 11 yeah, versus Duke. That okay. so I, ex I, expect, I expect KU, the University of Kansas, KU, to get that one done. For sure. Next favorite here, Boise State, lane 15 at UTEP. Boise State, a little bit slow start to the season in some people's eyes. That offense hasn't looked necessarily particularly efficient. But UTEP is 0-4 against the spread this year. They're not covering games by an average of 12 points. This screams a bounce-back week for Boise State. I think they're going to handle them on the road. I'm taking Utah minus 14 at Arizona State. I think they win this game by three scores easy. Arizona State's in absolute shambles. Utah, got rough week at Florida week one, but this is still a team to be a force to be reckoned with in the Pac-12. They have bounced back that offensive line in Cam Rising. They've still got a lot of potential there. I think they're going to handle the conference opponent, Arizona State, pretty easily this week. I'm, I'm plugging them in. So I, I'm with you on Boise State. I like them by 19, and I'm going to push uh, Utah at Arizona State. My line there is 14, so I would uh, not have a side in that one. Right, next game, Ole Miss land 21 at home versus Tulsa. I said Ole Miss looks legit again. Have a great run game going. I don't think Tulsa has the bodies up front to make this a one-dimensional game, which I think is the key to beating Ole Miss. Ole Miss is on a – looked great last week. This one, I think at home, they take care of business pretty easily as well. Ole Miss really ran it up last week on Georgia Tech. My numbers do like Ole Miss in this game by 23, Kinger, so I'm with you on this one too. 
And the last one, this spread is just going to keep going up, up, up. Kelly, I think this was a bottom three and your worst team in FBS. Western Kentucky is laying 31 versus FIU this week. FIU, we talked about maybe one of the worst teams in FBS. Western Kentucky offense is once again a force. Number one scoring offense in Conference USA. I think they score 50 in this game. FIU will probably end up putting up a touchdown or two, maybe some late point, late, late game garbage points. But I think this is an easy one. I think the Hilltoppers blow them out this week as well. So we're going all favorites this week plus the under. I don't think I've ever done this before, but I just love the board with the favorites this week. I think there's a lot of opportunity there for, for some big wins for some of these teams. Where Who's at home in that game, Kinger? Uh, I think Western Kentucky's home. Close one for me here, Kinger, but I actually uh, I like Western Kentucky by 30, so I do expect FIU to uh, keep it closer than 31. Just barely, wouldn't be surprised, but my numbers would actually be against you on this one. It's all good. I swear. I, I, I think the line opened at 28, so people have been hammering that pretty, pretty substantially, but uh, yeah, we're rolling with those this week. Those are the picks. CFB numbers, you got anything to add from a betting perspective here? Any games that look extra attractive to you that you want to talk about? Yeah, I'm just going to talk about uh, one game in particular. It's on Thursday night. Folks, you do not have to watch Mitchell Trubisky versus Jacoby Brissett because you can watch the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. They yes. are, I believe they're, I think it just escaped me. Oh, they are a two and a half point favorite against Georgia State. I'm taking Coastal Carolina by two and a half. Coastal Carolina's offense has been a little shaky this season. They still have Grayson McCall, who is hyper-efficient, one of the most efficient quarterbacks in college football. Their offense is fun. It'll be a lot more fun than watching the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mitchell Trubisky with Matt Canada as their offensive coordinator. I'm taking Coastal Carolina by two and a half. Um, I think that's a pretty solid bet, and I that's that's what I got. Watch the fun belt, guys. Watch the fun belt. Oh, we learned that, uh, what, two weeks ago now. The Fun Belt is must-see TV. Our chance, I think, that was the uh, trending uh, hashtag on Twitter during the 2021 season, or the 2020 season, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Coastal Carolina. My numbers would actually go against you there, CFB numbers. I do like the chance to win. I like them by one point, though. So, again, anytime my my numbers are within a point or two of the Vegas line, I feel good about it. I don't feel confident one way or the other it's when we get those spreads of greater than three that either i'm missing something an injury or something i'm not accounting for or i just think um vegas because of public influence has moved a line to a place that we can take advantage of but this one i think is pretty close but uh yes definitely be watching that one on thursday night this episode will drop on thursday morning uh that's not the only game we got that night we got western virginia or excuse me west virginia at virginia tech we also have fcs chattanooga going on the road to champaign to take on illinois so those are your games tonight on thursday that we will be very excited about. So, CFP numbers, thank you so much again for joining us. Just remind us one more time before we get out of here, where can everybody find your work? Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, most of the time, you'll find me on Twitter at CFP numbers. I'll just be posting random graphs, whatever comes to my mind. We'll just go there. Um, if you want more in-depth stuff, uh, currently in season, most of it is just recaps of the week. Um, but my Substack is the CFB Numbers College Football Analytics Substack. Um, 100% free. You just have to put your email in, hit subscribe, and they'll show up in your email. Um, and that's pretty much where you can find me. So guys, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. Yeah, it was awesome, CFB Numbers. Great to meet you, man. Great insight on the show. Loved having you. 
If you are listening to this, please do yourself a favor. Follow at CFB Numbers on Twitter. Subscribe to his Substack. It is incredible college football content. You will not be disappointed. Thank you again, CFB Numbers. That'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, Until next time, enjoy week four of the 2022 college football season.